so yeah, so what wound up happening was I I went into the game and I was like, all right, I'm going to bet the team who loses the coin toss because of the last like 11 Super Bowls or, or like the last like, 10 straight, team loses the coin toss, loses the game. So sorry, team to, team to win the coin toss, loses the game. Then I was like, Chiefs, Chiefs win the coin toss. I don't know. Do I go Eagles? I don't know. And um, a guy who I listen to all the time, Sam Paniotovich, works for Nesson, goes, um, the pros are taking the Chiefs and the Joes are taking the Eagles. Therefore, I'm going with the Chiefs. And I was like, all right. I mean, it's a good take. Obviously, all, all the pro gamblers are like, let's go in for the team who's, who, has the best, who has the best quarterback ever, um, at least now in the NFL. So it's like, all right, what do I do? Uh, I, I wrote out, out the first quarter. I was like, you know what? Let's wait. Saw a stat about halfway through the second. Pat Mahomes, to this point, out of any quarterback in the last 25 years, is the best second-half quarterback in the playoffs in NFL history. Better than Brady, better than Manning, better than Rodgers. It's Pat Mahomes. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So I saw, I saw another stat. Jalen Hurts is the best first-half quarterback in the NFL over the past two years, has a QBR of 110, has a second-half QBR of 62. Saw a third stat. Jalen Hurts is the fourth-worst quarterback in the NFL when handling pressure. They were getting to him all night. About halfway through the second quarter, I said, I'm putting the money on at plus 500 for the Chiefs. Wow. Exceptional odds. They, they, they were down by, they're not what, 17 to like 17 to 7, I think it was. Uh, and for some reason, Vegas was like, there's no way they're coming back. I was like, I was like, don't count, don't count Alpine Mahomes. So I took that. Um, the overall bet portfolio didn't do great. I did, I did, however, win. I won $300. So I, I put 100 in. Uh, I won $400 on one bet. Three leg parlay, Hertz, Kelsey, Tony, all, all the score touchdown. Wow, that was that's pretty good odds for I think Tony like Tony's your only outlier on that one. You assume Jalen's gonna run one in, you assume Kelsey's gonna catch one. Exactly. That's actually that's a, that's a super value parlay. Well, well, the, well, the beauty was beauty was Tony was like plus four hundred, and there was a report that came out just before the game that Tony might not play the whole game because obviously he he got hurt two weeks ago. So yeah. all of a sudden I was like, well, shit, I'm not gonna hit this. I'm not I'm not gonna hit this bet. He he had he played one snap until the fourth quarter. On the third snap, wow. he played. He scored the he, he scored the uh, touchdown. The whole game, I'm like, oh my god, where's Kadarius Tony? What the hell is going on? Where is he? And um, as it turns out, once you play one snap, your bet can't get voided. So I was like, oh shoot! I put him in for one snap in the first quarter. Didn't play him. Didn't play him at all. But like, I took it because um, Nick Costos, one of the guys who I listen to, says that. Uh, in this year, of all the routes Kadarius Tony lines up in, he catches the ball half the time, and he's targeted half the time. That's crazy. Well, I, was like, I was like, "That's easy money." Then at that point, if he's, if he's gonna if he's gonna make a play, let's say he he lines up for twelve snaps, that's six targets. Like, why not go for that? And of course, just absolutely burn them on back to back routes, uh, and, and it worked out great. So, very good. I'm very I'm very happy with my. Uh, I bet so we'll have to out with $300. I'm probably going to burn all of it now on uh, on more bets, but overall, it's pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great game, great Super Bowl. I mean, with the Super Bowl, all you're asking for is a good game, and I, I can't believe they are plus five hundred at half. That's that's crazy to me because I, I never thought they were actually out of it. Well, at that point, the Eagles were also marching were also marching down the field, and like the odds immediately changed shortly after. So I was like, it, mm. I, I either pull it now or I don't. Um, but yeah, no, the game overall was great. But honestly, of, amongst everything, I thought the commercials were kind of weak. There was only like three or four really, really good commercials. Um, the halftime show, amazing. Yeah, I thought it was fire. I thought it was elite. People giving Rihanna shit for what she did. She's fucking pregnant. Yeah. Give me a damn break. Like, no, like yeah. just shut up. She's I thought. Kidding. I thought it was I thought it was so good. I like her dancing was her dancing was obviously limited because of the circumstances, but her singing was unreal. It sounded like it was from a recording. It was it was incredible. Now, like granted, there's there's obviously a backing track in case in case anything goes wrong, but it didn't seem like she was lip syncing that bad. I know in the past it's been some really bad instances. The one thing that I will say though. I'm upset that I'm upset that there was no guest appearances. Could have easily made it for Jay Z. I know. Easily found found his way in. Um, thought it was funny how she stole Kanye's song right from underneath him. All the lights. Yeah. And probably the best part of the concert. Um, well, first of all, cashed in a nice fun bet on the back end uh, for final song diamonds. Wow. Heard from like five people. I said I gotta cash this, so let's go. I did it. Um. But no, like Rihanna was great. I don't think there was any problem with the show whatsoever. People want to give her crap. Like the woman was suspended 150 feet in the air with a child in her stomach. Yeah. Like, give me a break. No, I thought I, the my only knock on it was I thought it was almost like an abrupt ending. Like I was kind of, she kind of just left me wanting more, which could be a positive, could be a negative, I guess. Well, like well, when she stopped, I was like, is she done? Or. Well, well, if you noticed, Apple Music then put out like, oh, like go to applemusic.com and find like a live album. Yeah, they, yeah, they just paid probably a gazillion dollars to be be but the like, sponsor. But think about it though, like leave you wanting more, you're gonna now go and listen to Rihanna for for the next half hour. Yeah, me and my girlfriend drove home. I was like, you know, solid like nine point two show. Uh, would have only been better had she actually played Ponder Replay, but that's just me. <laughs> no, I and we were my boys and I watching the game. We were talking about like what what is she open with? What is she open with? I thought it was gonna be Don't Stop the Music. I thought she's gonna come out just bumping, but I thought the way she opened it was incredible. I, I, all right, I was a little upset. I I put a bet down. Heard some insider information was the opening song was gonna be Stay. Mm-hmm. Was gonna illuminate on her, and then she was gonna go in, in into "Don't Stop the Music" and then just go off. Heard about four thirty um, on Sunday. It's gonna be "Bitch Better Have My Money," and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta." I, I, I I'm like freaking out and scrambling. The sports books took it off because everyone knew it was gonna it was gonna happen. Yeah, but honestly, it, it really is what it is. It happens. But I mean, like. All, uh, What's what's stopping you if you work at the football stadium and you have the set list for her? Like this has been planned for, this has been planned forever. If I'm if I'm a like a lights guy at the at the football stadium, why am I not putting my life saving, knowing it's gonna be well, that you, song? You know what I'm saying? You can. What I found out though was that that because of like the new technology age, like 
if the sports books get wind that like information is circulating about these things, they'll void all they'll void everyone's bet because because they, they don't want to lose money. But I guarantee, like the lighting people had to be oh yeah no totally in the know for the last two months. Like she's had to have known this set list. I I knew a guy who um, who told me he knew somebody at Superbowl and, and, and said, hey, I'm going to send you the recording of Stapleton's um, anthem. And I was like, all right, bet. Because he worked, he worked for ESPN. He knew, like, he knew guys on the inside. I was like, I'm going to send it to you. I never wound up getting, uh, I never wound up getting it. But um, like, that that stuff happens, and it circulates so often. And at that point, like, once they know that that that, that, that there is information yeah. circulating, they're just going to avoid it because they simply don't want to lose the money. And for them, honestly, it's kind of a good move. It's a, it's a, either they don't want to lose the money, or they'll um, take the bet off the board, and you simply can't make it, which which they very clearly did. So. And I can't believe he went under Stapleton. He was he was moving slow, when but he must have picked it, it up in the middle. I, I saw I had, under. I thought two hundred five was the mark. Oh, I had the over at two hundred two. I, I got in really early. Oh, I saw a two hundred five, and and oh, the right. under was like it was like two hundred four point eight or something. It was crazy. <laughs> two hundred four point eight. I I have my girlfriend with a stopwatch. She was like, <laughs> yeah, oh sit my here, God, sit 2. here. 5. Get in the hole. To get in the whole podcast, Steve McAvoy, Jake Dippold here. Another terrific Monday afternoon, Monday evening, covering the world of golf, bringing you all the info that we can here on the PGA Tour. The Waste Management Phoenix Open played an incredible week. Scotty Scheffler reclaims the number one spot in the golfing world. We're going to debate whether or not him or John Rahm truly is the, is the number one going into this week at Riviera. And, of course, what's a show without talking more live? We're going to get, get to all that and more in just a little bit. First, though, I want to um, not to kind of dumb down the, uh, the the momentum and the the happiness here, uh, but I want to give a a shout out, a thank you, and a lot of love. Um, Jake, I don't know if you saw it, but yesterday or yeah, yesterday, uh, ESPN longtime producer, um, founder of SportsCenter, Barry Sack passed away. Uh, I had Barry in, in my class in grad school. Uh, he was my he was my professor, um, like probably not only my, my favorite professor I ever had, but probably my favorite person that I ever got to know uh, at Quinnipiac was incredible. Of course, um, helped co-found SportsCenter back in the early '80s, uh, founded College Game Day, did everything in basketball, started really NASCAR coverage at ESPN, uh, and I think Reese David said it the best. Uh, Barry was ESPN. He was everything about it. He's touched the lives of, of so many people. Scott Van Pelt, Dick Vitale, Robin Robert, uh, Robin Roberts at uh, Good Morning America this morning had a great um, honoring of him because she worked there uh, in the production studio a while back. Um, just amazing guy, and it's so sad to see that he passed away uh, this just just yesterday uh, of a heart attack. Unfortunately, suffered it on Saturday. Um, couldn't stabilize his BP, unfortunately, brain function compromised, and uh, just things didn't work out. So I want to give a shout out to Barry. One of the things that um, me and him bonded over was golf. Um, every single week during during school, he come to me. He goes, he go, hey Steve, what'd you bet on this week in the golf tournament? 
And I go, Barry, I bet Colin Morikawa. And he goes, why the fuck would you bet Colin Morikawa? He's the worst player in the field. I said, Barry, he's going to be a stud. I don't fucking care. You got to take John Rahm with the good odds. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe next time. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, he came to me he came, came to me one day. It was, oh, God, they were playing the Honda, I think it was. This was like last year, uh, last year, two years ago. He goes, Steve, I really like Daniel Berger. And I go, Sure. I don't know anything about what's going on this week in the Honda outside of the fact that I think like Sepp Straka is really good this week. Uh, and it turned out being Sepp Straka won in the playoff against who else? Daniel Berger. And he called me and like for a week we were like, what the hell was that? So no, Barry was great. We really bonded over um, golf betting and sports betting. He told me actually, uh, he called me on Monday for, for my, my birthday. And what turned into a quick birthday hello was, 25 minutes on sports betting. And he gave me a four-leg parlay that he says is quote-unquote guaranteed to cash. It unfortunately didn't, but he had the Eagles' first half over at 23 and a half. They had 24 points. He had the Hurts' first touchdown of the game, which hit. He had Tony 30-plus yards, didn't hit, and he was the one who told me Diamonds was the last song. Uh, and of course, told me he was going to give me the anthem. Unfortunately, never did. But uh, oh man, the Barry parlay was was epic. We're we're all standing there. I was like, I don't think I'm going to take the Eagles first half over. Uh, and then he and then he passed away, and I was like, is this an omen? Like, do I have to play these bets? And I did, and I was like, oh my god, this is happening. Um, but yeah, no. Shout out to Barry. I love you. Hope I see you again one day soon. Not soon. At some day, at some point in my life. Um, We'll see each other again. So I want to dedicate this episode to him, uh, and hopefully every single bet, bet we, we made this week catches in with, with flying colors. <sighs> All right. Enough of the sad shit. We got a golf talk about. Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting emotional. Scotty Scheffler, this past week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, goes back to back, just like the Drake song, like Michael Jordan 96-97, Took home the back-to-back victory at the Waste Management. Is like the third or fourth player to go back-to-back in this event. Bruce Kepka's done it. Hideki Matayama's done it. Um, seems like it's the the ride now of something new for uh, for Scotty Scheffler. He's been obviously really good this whole year. I don't, don't think he's finished any worse than like 15th outside of one one time in like seven events this year. But you got to think about this now. Scotty Scheffler last year got his first win at the Waste Management. Went on this magical run of, of like, what, five wins, was it? Mm-hmm. Going to the Masters? Yeah, five. Do we think that this is now the now the second run of Scotty Scheffler? I mean, I, I don't think we give Scotty enough credit as just, no, like a golf, as just a golf world. I mean, we, obviously when he blew up and had all his wins in a row, people were talking about him. But for him not to be in the conversation of best player in the world, is ludicrous. And we, we, you and I are, I feel like are person number one for not doing that. Like we have yet, we have not talked about Scotty at all recently, but he's still been in the mix and and the number three player in the world this whole entire time. I I think him going on a run is always possible. I think just how consistent he is and how good he is and how unorthodox he is. He can just kind of play anywhere and he's a guy that doesn't get involved in, in any type of drama, so he's always ready to go. And we just saw it this week on display. 
not for nothing, like, you want to talk about how, how good he's actually been? Like, played, what, one, two, three, four. He's played seven events this year, um, five full field events, not including the uh, the century. Finished 45th at the CJ, which was his worst performance by far uh, this year. Finished third at Mayakoba, ninth at the Houston Open. He finished second at the Hero, which, of course, 20-man field, so we'll kind of discount that. Finished T7 at Kapalua, which, again, incredible strength of field despite only being 39 players. 11th at the Amex, and now, of course, a, a win here. Like, dating back to last year now, this is this is six wins in two years and I believe he's had like only four finishes worse than top twenty. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's had. He's had. God. He's had three. Dating to his first win, which came, of course, at um, at the Pains Open, he has had two finishes of worse than twenty. Sorry, three finishes worse than twentieth, and and only three missed cuts. And also, he's won a major. And That's crazy. He, like, and he finished top five in two of the three playoff events. And, like, and was amazing. for him to win the Masters, too, I know they're all majors and I know they're all important, but winning the Masters is just something different, you know? He, well, I think the, the bigger thing is that, like, the fact that he did it at, at, at his age. Like, you don't yeah. see many, like, really young players come out, out and dominate like that. And he played incredible the whole the whole way through and not for nothing too like you want to talk about like playoff situation and having to go go bout for bout every single hole with one guy Cameron Smith is probably the hardest player to go against at the time because mm-hmm. like because at that point John Rahm had Keppa he was kind of out of it he played what one practice round and then showed up Rory wasn't totally informed yet that would happen three months later Russ Kepka wasn't really there Dustin Johnson wasn't really there so like who else was gonna go but it was Will yeah. Zalatoris and Cameron Smith that everyone was like, when are they going to win? Because what, what, Zalatoris was what, back-to-back top tens? At, at, yeah, at I think that, he, or... he was runner-up, right? Runner-up top ten? Yeah, runner-up top like ten. Yeah. And then Cameron Smith has finished top five there uh, each of the last three years. It was like, what's going to happen? And I knew that, like, I put a bet down on on Cameron Smith to win. And then on Sunday, I was like, Johnny Scheffler was like a pretty damn good bet at this point. So, yeah. I, do I think that this is the start of another magical run from Scotty? Uh, I don't know because the field and the designated events and all these different things are kind of factoring in. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, and it starts this week, of course, at, at Riviera, where nine, nine of the top ten players in the quote-unquote official World Golf rankings are in. The only guy who isn't is Cameron Smith, just because he doesn't even play on, on tour anymore. Uh, yeah. So, but 20, 24 of the top 25, 25 of the top 25, you actually just count down PGA players. So, like, the competition is way higher than, than anything else he's had to deal with. Um, obviously, when he won at, like, the Waste Management, yes, it was a very heightened field, but, like, I think three or four of the top 10 players didn't play that week. At Bay Hill, two players didn't play. So, there's still some competition that's getting lost. Um, but yeah. now, with these, with, with, with these elevated events – you're going to have, what, six of them in the next 10 weeks? Like, you're not going to have any time to really um, kind of breathe. And we had mentioned that last week. So I think Scheffler is going to have a lot of competition. But this could be the very – this very well could be the start of another three or four win season from Charlie Scheffler, depending on um, on how things go. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I- I'm so on with you. I think 
strength of field in that in that little run there he had wasn't incredible, but he's he's always going to put him in the self to be contending on Sunday, and it, it just would not surprise me at all. Now, well, let me ask you this: so obviously, Scotty jumped to number one in the world because of the uh, because of the win. Yeah. Do you think he deserves to be the number one player in the world, even with John Rahm's, what, four wins and eight starts um, standing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super sold on the Rom train right now. I, he, he's good, and he he's definitely a top three golfer in the world. But I just don't see his couple wins at, at very average to closely above average fields. To, to really make me say, oh, my gosh, she's so much better than Scotty and Rory. Which might be know. an unpopular opinion. I, I think Rom's better than Rory right now. And I think this week is kind of, kind of a testament to it, the fact that he finished, what, T2 or T3? Yeah, T1? I think it was T – yeah, T – either – because uh, JT was T4 solo. Yeah, um, so, so, so two or three. Yeah, like, two or three. John Rom was terrific this week. He's been terrific – the entire year, he's got what five wins in his last nine starts. Um, yeah, he finished third here. Like John Rom hasn't. John Rom's had one one round outside of the top ten since the FedEx St. Jude all the way back in in August. Yeah, so, I mean, I I don't even know why I'm not sold to be honest with you. But he's, <laughs> there's just something about him that I'm just not there. I I, I think he's better than Rory right now. I, I don't think Rory should be number two in the world. Um, especially considering he finished 32nd this week and how it didn't push him back after round yeah. two is, is beyond me. Then again, this is why we have our our own world golf rankings. Um, number one, I think right now is Scheffler. Two, I'd say is Rom. Three, I think we have to start really considering Xander Shoffley to be to be to be the third third best golfer in the world, considering Rory's had that that like short spout of of not great golf. Uh, Xander Shoffley, since the BMW, third, sixth, ninth, fourth, a withdrawal, three and thirteenth, and then tenth at the Phoenix. Like, yeah, I just gotta I see mean, a win out of him. I gotta see a win out of him. I just, you know, well, he did a he he, he did go back to back at the uh, Travelers and the Genesis, uh, uh, the the Scottish. Oh, I guess you're right. I wasn't even thinking about that. I, I'm just like, thinking like I have such recency bias right now, and with Rory just absolutely dominating Reed. Going in that last day, like he just has a little bit of a push for me because I just can't stand Patrick Reed. Yeah. Now, t- top five for me right now is definitely Scheffler, Rom. I'm going to push Rory to four. I'm sorry that 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 T32 is leaving a sour 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 taste in there. Xander three. I'm going to go Rory four, five Cantley, and then yeah. six is Colin Tony. One of the two. Probably Colin. Man, even with his dump of a tournament at Century. <laughs> Um, it's got to be Colin, but yeah, I, I even Canley feels a little weird to me because he just doesn't win as often. I feel like as he should. Like he's he always doesn't. in the mix. It's just depends on how much you you put into wins. You know. Look, look you know what? Parity in golf is so significant. And, and again, I'm beating the dead horse to to no avail. Um, Tony Finau took him six years to win an event. So, like top six, top ten golf in the world, and he couldn't win for six years. So yeah. I mean. Anything's possible. The reasons you buy it, though, I think, is the kind of the, it's the worst thing. You kind of have to look big picture here and at least look at like like last twenty four rounds of golf or like last yeah. ten events. I think kind of should be the uh, the metric to base it all off of. Pushing over from the PGA Tour back over to Live because because again, what else does he show 
about Liv. What is this? What is a show about golf without having Liv golf in it? Uh, in a in a provision, they tried to add to a hearing uh, for one of their lawsuits against the PGA. Openly admitted that they have made zero, virtually zero revenue in 2022. And when I say virtually zero, it's literally like like deep deep into the negatives. Uh, the Saudi investment fund spent 784 million dollars on employee salaries, build outs, and production costs, none of which included the guarantees and salaries of its players. And now, when you consider 200 million for Phil, 150 million for DJ, 100 million for Cameron Smith, then all of a sudden the uh, the enumeration is starting to dive and dive into the billions, and I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. Um, then again, did, did we see it coming? Like they signed what the they signed what the zero dollar deal with uh, with the CW said so we'll pay you to air our shit. Yeah, like I don't I don't know how long this can last. Do they just have an endless fund of money? Because um, like for them not to include the player salaries in that does that not include like purse money as well? No, uh, yeah, it does. It does, but it doesn't include include the guarantee monies. So like, yeah, so like the salary. I mean, the salaries is what their whole brand is too, and the amount of money in that is is wild. I, I for them to not make any money and still think they're a legit competitor for this antitrust suit with the PGA is mind boggling. I mean, according to Wikipedia, because you know it's the um, it's the uh, the apex of analytical rigor. Um, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia has an estimated assets of $620 billion. Jeez. So like, like what's a billion dollars to them? Like what else, like what else do they spend their money on? They got a soccer league, right? They do have a soccer team. I believe they're trying to establish like a, they're trying to, they're trying to establish a bunch of different sports. They paid Ronaldo like a gazillion dollars, right? To play on their team. Well, it, I, I, I don't know if that if, if that team is sponsored by that the investment team. group. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the investment group has to have some tie to like Saudi uh, royalty, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So it's it's Al Nasir FC. They are. Um, this would be a great question for the uh, for the top ends guys. Um, hmm. What is this? Well, uh, all right. So the owner is Musali Al Muammar. Um, probably just butchered that name. Um, he's the former head of the Saudi Pro League, is the current president of the football club, and is a member of the, of the Saudi Investment Fund. So there you go. Yeah. Is the Saudi Pro League like a soccer team? Had a soccer team? Yeah. The, soccer league? Yeah, that's the, the uh, league they're in. Yeah, I mean, so this guy just has literally an endless fund of money. And I'm sure he can just yes. print money. He can probably just print money if he wants more. Dude, this is this is like hold on. So the public investment fund, we're gonna have to do some like some some like ridiculous like digging here. And I'm sure we can. Um but hmm, the PIF, the public investment fund, are are hold on. So 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 this is about live. Uh, an article by the SBJ came out. Oh, they're all, um, they have they have large scale partnerships right now in Formula One, WWE, and as a major stakeholder in esports. Um, wow! They are one of the investment funds who helped uh, who helped the bidding for Qatar for the World Cup, as well as 
uh, as well as joined a bid with Egypt and Greece to host the 2030 Men's World Cup. So this company is is just, I mean, it's like the Tesla of Saudi, basically. Probably is a good way to put it, right? I wouldn't even call it that. Um, like more, like more than that. Probably. Uh, according to this, they spent 2.3 billion dollars in soccer deals and sponsorships. <laughs> According to Front Office Sports, this happened back in October. Um, yeah, the uh, companies owned owned by the PIF, namely Quidaya and Jetta Central, have multiple twenty-year deals with domestic soccer clubs. Uh, the PIF owns eighty percent of Newcastle United in the EPL. Uh, they they operate an e-commerce platform called Noon, which is the shirt sponsor of Manchester City. Dang. Um, so there's like a ton of subsidiaries. They basically just have subsidiaries that probably flow in cash. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, to, to at this point, wouldn't be surprised of of what else they own. Um, they have so much stuff though. Yeah, yeah, like they have soccer deals. They've got obviously live golf. They've got motorsports. Uh, that's actually wild. And there's motorsports in Saudi Arabia. That's another surprise to me. Well, I I, I think F1 is in uh. Oh, that's considered oh. a motorsport. I was thinking like dirt bikes for some reason. I don't know why that's where my mind automatically went. In 2019, uh, they also paid $40 million to host professional boxing's uh, Anthony Joshua versus Andy Andy Ruiz. They, um, that fight was in Saudi? Yeah. Wow. Saudi, um, am I going to get canceled for calling it Saudi? That's what you call it, right? It's called Saudi. Their rematch, their rematch was at a makeshift boxing ring in the desert of, of Al Taraf near Radaya. Was this like COVID? They fight during COVID? I think so. No, no, 2019. Is Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi's like a part of Saudi Arabia, correct? It's a part of the UAE, which I think is like a, which is like a conglomerate of uh, of nations. Because UFC had that whole like first first sports back thing in the yeah. UAE. Do you remember that? Yeah, so the UAE is a, is a, is basically a conglomerate of um, of seven. They, they call it like seven, like emirates, um, located at the eastern end of yeah yeah. yeah. Shares a border with Oman and Saudi Arabia, has has maritime borders in the Persian Gulf with Qatar and Iran. Yeah, so like it's right in, it's in the peninsula, but it isn't it, it's a it's next to Saudi Arabia. It's the, I really the, have no idea how to like describe anything about this place. The wealth, the wealth gap there is actually insane to me, like literally insane. Well, didn't they also they, they also built their country in twenty years? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, like um, Dubai is like super new, right? Yeah, like uh, all of that is like so brand new, and they built this country in like twenty five years. So like, are they just running on credit, or like, do they actually just have like a back? It's the oil. They just have all the access to oil, right? That, that, that they probably also do have like have like OPEC ties. It's crazy. Yeah, that, yeah. like back to golf, but live golf and being Saudi backed, they can essentially they have like the golden ticket. They can just try to do whatever they want for you to make negative. What do they spend? Negative probably. A million and a, a billion and a half dollars, negative a billion and a half dollars, and still say you had a good year and you signed a TV contract. Like that's like getting the golden ticket to the chocolate factory. You I, know what I, I'm saying? They own the chocolate factory, the women, the the 
the Oogaloopa, worker, Oogaloopa, they got everything. They got Oogaloopas, they got everything. <laughs> for for all I know, they have Oogaloopas working there. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. We got to take a short break here. We got to get off the uh, the live train. We're going to come back in right here on the other side, discuss some Riviera Country Club, some more, uh, some more draft talk. We have some more things coming up. And, of course, a certain somebody is playing this week at the Genesis. We're going to talk all about it. And what are the chances that he can win this week? I don't really know. We're going to find out right here on the Get in the Hole podcast. The Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking your Get in the Hole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the Get in the Hole podcast has had merch, so you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND. For 10% off any apparel, rock that Get In The Whole Podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us at Get In The Whole Pod when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Get In The Whole Podcast, sponsored by Ties Baseball Tees. Ties Baseball Tees is the online t-shirt shop that is all baseball. Get your tea now at TiesBaseballTees.com and 10% off your purchase with discount code PITCH10. That's P-I-T-C-H-10. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at TiesBaseballTees. Steve, people loved our last draft. We got to have another draft. Draft board today <laughs> is what are the worst types of golfers you could possibly have in your group? What's your first pick? Honestly, um, and I fall victim to this. The guy who takes his golf game way too seriously and gets like super pissed off when he makes like double, but like you knew he was gonna make double the whole way anyways. That's a good pick. The second, the second his drive went thirty yards into the woods and he's gonna try to try to play hero ball through a through a forest. Yeah, no, that, that that's me. Honestly, I I fall victim to that all the time. Uh, my first pick has gotta be. The guy who pulls out the ball retriever and goes and gets balls out of the lake. I've, I've never seen that before by anybody. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. I don't see anybody do that in New York, and I'm really happy that no one does because like pace of play is already brutally slow mm. um, for the most part, so thankfully no one does that. I would say another would be um, – like I appreciate guys who like go out and like want to enjoy golf and um, – and drink a little, uh, but the guy who at the halfway house gets like the, gets like the eight things of transfusions and the four high noons and is like, oh, uh, I'm all set. Burns like forty dollars at the halfway house, loses basically half of the stock they have stocked up there, and just gets fucking trashed on the back nine. Or my one friend Jack, uh, notorious for plays the first three holes, is like. About a double bogey golfer on average, like for every hole, maybe like a bogey here and there. Um, the second he goes, he goes like triple, double, double. He'll light the blunt and be like, "I'm done." For the <laughs> day next fifteen holes is just like breezing through. Doesn't That's doesn't kind of score or nothing. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, 
Might as well when you're going double, double, double at that point, yeah, triple. No, exactly. Like, like he's, he, he's like, oh, like I'll make one par. I'll be like, oh, I'll be good. And it's like, like six holes, two more doubles. It's like, all right, well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'd say off of that trend, I'd go the old random guy who tries to smooth the cart girl. I would say any guy who tries to smooth the car girl. I mean, yeah, like, I, I throw that in, but I was trying to be specific for the draft. Uh, I wanted to leave things open. Yeah, but like the old creepy guys are are, are just just like kind of funny. Like yeah. my grandpa, who and, and I love my grandpa. Uh, may he rest in peace. He used to have this joke whenever we go to restaurants, and he'd be like, "Oh, I I didn't know you. I didn't know you had to win a to win a beauty pageant to work here." And like, <laughs> that's a good line. It, it's good innocent. Line. It's funny. It's kind of cute, but like. I don't know. It, the wrong guy saying it is just, just really creepy and like kind of yeah. gross. Um, this is this is probably the best one, uh, and I, I'm sure you can attest to this as, as somebody who's engaged and has a long-time girlfriend. Um, it's it, it's kind of a dual one. It's the guy who always gets phone calls in the course and answers them. Yeah. Or it's the guy whose girlfriend is constantly like, "Oh, when are you done?" And yeah, that's- that's a good one. And you're like, I'm on 14. And you're like, well, yeah, but like you were on eight, three hours ago. And I'm like, not my fault that like the, the pace is slow. Always happens. That's a good one. And like, I hate when people I'm playing with, they answer the phone. Like it's the literally the worst thing ever. And I played with some guys who answer the phone all the time. Really? And they know who they are. They know who they are. <laughs> I'd say this is probably my best one that I have. It's the guy who is 250 out and waits for the green to clear to then just top the ball 10 feet. Literally the worst thing ever. Like you're never hitting that shot. A hundred times you're never hitting that shot. Stop trying. That's so good. Uh, All right. This is my last one. And honestly, my favorite guy in the group to play with. It's the guy who says he'll keep the score because he knows he's going to fudge his own score. That's a good one. So he makes sure that no one's like, oh, what'd you make there? Because he's going to be like, oh, yeah, put, put me down for a bogey. When like it was like, bro, you, bro, you shot like an eight. Yeah, but he can write it down. If he writes it down, exactly. no one's – I'm not going to remember. You You didn't got a seven on four when we're on 17. That's a good exactly. one. My, my last one kind of goes off that. Shout out Patty Reed. Cheaters. Any type of cheater. And, like, if we're not playing for anything, I care less what you do. Yeah. If you and I are actually playing – going back to college, I was playing against one of my buddies. And they duck hooked the ball. We were playing for the for the round fee. That's what we'd always kind of do. Like you'd pay what the other team's round fee, whatever, whoever right. wins. And they duck hooked two provisionals into the woods. And then they found their initial tee shot. And there is like, oh, it's a vice ball. I was playing a vice ball. We had no idea what they were playing. And I swear to this day, they cheated and we lost by one stroke. All right, well, hold on. All right. This, this brings up another one. So my one friend is like the rules official as he fucking plays like on like on the PGA tour. He refuses yeah. to wear shorts. He has to wear really? pants. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's the biggest golf hardo. Has to wear pants on the golf course. And he's always nitpicking the rules. I I scold my driver, uh, really bad hook into the woods. I go, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a take take a, a provisional. My provisional also goes in the woods. I go, well, looks like I'm looks like I'm going diving. Found the original ball, but the provisional was, was OB. I was like, but I found the original ball, so if I play that, I'm not assessed the stroke penalty, even though even though it went out of bounds. 
for about a half hour, we were arguing about back and forth. Well, if the ball was OB, then you have to take the penalty because you were banking on that being the ball you're going to use. Anyways, had you not, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I found the original ball. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. Kid like like calls his dad who, who also thinks he's like a like a PGA pro. I was like, Dad, what do you make of this? Like thirty year old, thirty year country club veteran. So like, oh, well, like, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm on your team. I'm Team Steve. There, no Thank brainer. You. Thank you. And and honestly, you know what? I do cheat cheat every now and then, but I do it more so to not get hurt. Like if I'm stuck behind a tree, yeah. I will. I will take free relief, like like two club lengths off to the side to make sure that like I'm not going to either swing into the back of the tree or that I have to like stop myself short or else I'm going to fucking break, break my wrists over a shot. Yeah, I, I'm unless I'm playing in like the club tournament, there's no way I'm hitting a ball off a hard ground. I'm not ruining my club for yeah, my no. round with my friends. Like, and we all know that there's no way I'm hitting off of a bunch of roots. It's just never happening. Yeah, the, the hard pan is the worst thing ever in golf to, uh, to have to overcome. It's ridiculous. Jake, he's back. He's doing it. Tiger Woods is golfing in a PGA Tour event that is not involving his son, that is not involving, his, that, that is not involving a 20-man field. It is, in fact, a full PGA event. The Genesis Invitational Riviera Country Club the site of his first career victory on the PGA Tour, Riviera Country Club, he will be returning to Riviera. I have to make, I, I have to ask this question because because it seems like it's it, it's the like the one thing that everyone on every podcast in America is talking about. What are the odds that he wins? Um, across the odds board, uh, I I see him at at hundred to one. I see him at one hundred fifty to one. 120 to 1, 140 to 1. But like, what do you think? Is there any chance Tiger Woods get a win this week in Riviera? I have to say, every time Tiger laces them up, there's always a chance he can win. However, he is getting older, and he's definitely not the Tiger we used to have. When he when he said he was playing in the Masters last year, everyone said. Oh, if he's lacing them up, he can win. If he's lacing them up, they can win. And then he didn't make the cut, right? If I remember that correctly, he didn't make the made, cut. Made the or he cut like just made it up. and then blew it on Saturday, right? Like yeah. just fell apart. Yeah. So I don't think we have the Tiger we used to have. But if if Tiger's lacing him up, he in his mind thinks he can win. And if he thinks he can win, there's always a chance. So that's a super value pick if you want to throw five on it. Yeah. So just like for for for, for funsies, and I would save this for beer money, but I want to just like. Talk about now, like like the bets that are here. Um, again, he's 150 to one at most books. 100 to one, you might you might be you might find him. Uh, odds to miss the cut was like minus 155. It's now it's been bet all the way down to minus 300. Uh, his over under score was 72 and a half. That's been hit so hard, it's all the way up now to 74 and a half. Um, wow, people yeah. are all over him, stinking. Yeah, and like look, I I am a man of faith. Um, not necessarily the, n n not always the God fearing kind of faith, but just like hopeful something good will happen. Yeah. Um, I don't care if Tiger was 78 years old and can't, and can barely swim a club. I'm going to believe there's always, there's always a chance for him to win. Um, yeah, realistically right. though, I mean, look, he hasn't truly, he, he, he hasn't played an event 
it's been what seven months since uh since the open missing the cut there and and walking over the bridge like seven months he looked to be struggling a little bit at the pnc trying to walk uh he obviously will not use a cart by any means the thing is though like one of the hardest greens courses on the pj tour is riviera the ball striking is still so good yeah he, he isn't long could he win on a short track yeah i think he very well could i think tiger woods could make the cut this week yeah i would never say he's gonna win this week i would never go 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 that far but if there's any place that he can actually play pretty damn well it's a less lesser undulated golf course a flatter course that he can walk well and a course that has greens that only a small few players can actually really hit hit them well i think tiger tiger could do it um but again it's a, it, it's like it's a he really is just just so out of his out of his league at this point i guess yeah but, this ain't the week this ain't the, the week but the motivation to get to, to get the 83 um i don't think it can happen this week uh there was reports actually that came out that that as of today he was at uh at la country club uh scouting out the u.s open uh course was wow. not at riviera yet so clearly he's, he has his eyes for something else i was talking to one of the, one of my friends about it lacc is one of the shortest tracks they're going to play this major season it's it's the second shortest behind world liverpool but world liverpool is one of the hilliest golf courses in all of england so you're not going to be getting a very good Tiger Woods out of that. He's got to be, be climbing up hills. Augusta is now now growing what 200, 300 yards. It's like yeah, 70, 7500 and growing now. Um, so he will not. He will. I can almost guarantee you he will not do anything in Augusta, especially because he was dreading the that walk on Sunday. And the PGA, I mean, Oak Hill 7300 yards, but again, it's the same thing. It's kind of hilly. It's not really a great course for him in terms of the. Um, the, the ability. I mean, look, in, in the past, Tiger's been here plenty of times and he's played relatively well. Um, let's see. I think I have his numbers somewhere here. Uh, Tiger Woods, since the turn of the century, um, T13, T5, T7, T13, withdraw, missed cut, tied for 15th, and then uh, played here in 2020 and finished 68th. Uh, of course, didn't play in 2021, um, but hosted the event, gave Matt Homa his trophy, and then days later um, busted his legs. That's all I can really say. I don't think Tiger Woods is going to do anything too too incredible, but um, I would love to see him go, go out and dominate. I really, I really hope he can. Yeah, I'm with you. I think seeing those videos, I don't know if you saw it, but the videos of the guys finding out he's playing next week, Tom Kim, John Rahm, uh, yeah. Jason Day, we're all, they were just so excited for it and so touched by it. Like a guy like Tom Kim, who's like, I'm a fan of Tiger. I, I hope I get to see Tiger play. Just shows how special he is the tour. So even if he shoots 25 over this week, it's still yeah. going to be special. You know, well, Max Homa Max said it at the Open when they were paired together. He was like, I've never once played with Tiger Woods. And I was like fangirling the whole time. He said, <laughs> I don't care if Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods shot a 208. I'd be more than happy to watch him play one round of golf. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, Dude, it's Tiger Woods and not uh, and like Tom Kim King of Paris, that'd be fucking amazing, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, like literally the passing of the torch kind of thing to someone as good as he is, that would be impeccable. Tyrus, of course, confidential. So we're talking Riviera Country Club. We got to talk about the the keys here, the architecture, the way it's built. This course is very fascinating, and on multiple facets, 
It's one of the only golf courses in America that has a, a bunker within a green. Yes, you heard that very correctly. There's a bunker on a green. Uh, I think that's one of two courses, if I'm not wrong. And the other one is um is TBC San Antonio, uh, actually nearby to our good friend Brittany, who at some point is trying to invite me out there, and I'm waiting to go, and I really want to go. Whenever that happens, all I know is that, that her dad wants to go out with me, which would probably be, be, be a, a great time. Uh, yeah, Riviera, 7,200 yards, about roughly there, about in length, pretty undulated. Uh, has it has the smallest green drivable par four on the uh, I can't speak on tour. Um, if you if you've ever seen it, it's like a 250 yard par four, but you cannot get to it unless you hit the greatest drive ever and imagine yeah. just kind of shoot around the corner. Just a ridiculous golf course. What do you think it's going to take this week for golfers to overcome Riviera uh, and make make their way to the podium? Yeah, as as like you said, it's it's just long enough to keep out guys like like Tiger who who just don't have that extra umph. You know what I'm saying? To where it's gonna take a guy who can definitely ball strike. We've seen that over every week. It's always about ball striking, but I think these greens and the way they play, you need a guy like Morikawa whose approach shots are just always consistent. You, I think. You just need a guy. I even think Victor Pavel this week. I think he's an exceptional ball striker and exceptional within 140 to 160. I think that's really that money spot here. And you're going to see a guy like that win this week for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to approach play is going to be, be a must. Uh, it, really, this this golf course is all about precision. Yeah. And we talk about approach shots and how important they are and ball striking and all these other things. Uh, your short game, I believe this is the golf course that that produces the most the most three putts out of any golf course on the PGA Tour over the last 10 years. So something, so something to most certainly keep in mind. It's not somewhere that it looks very inviting at first glance, and then all of a sudden you you take you step foot on the property and it's like, what did I get myself into? Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. Colin's gonna be be a, be a guy I'm looking out for in these elevated events. I mean, it never hurts to have length. I mean, Scotty Scheffler is gonna be a prime. Uh, a prime candidate this week to do damage. I think John Rahm, once again, is going to be in a prime spot to get a win. Uh, we've seen a very vast variety of people win here. We've seen Max Homa win, Tiger, of course, uh, Justin Thomas as one here in the past. A lot of really great players, but also a very diverse portfolio of guys. So um, there is no true one guy who could win here. Uh, but one thing they all, they all most certainly have in common is the ability to, uh, to ball strike, Approach off, and of course the putters got to be on point. When Colin was here last year, I think he lost like ten strokes putting, which was like awful. Uh, but he was the number one ball striker, number one guy in driving accuracy and distance. So anything, any one thing can go wrong with this golf course. And of course, in the elevated event atmosphere, that 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 designated event atmosphere, um, anything's possible here. Moving on here then here to prop bets before we get into our stuff over at Beer Money on the other side. We got to talk our props for this week, brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. Pickup, play the headlines, get betting today. We'll just sign up with your phone number and get betting today. Jake, what do you have in the prop bet market this week? Anything fascinating or fun that we can be looking out for? This is a bit of a surprise, I think, for what I said a couple minutes ago. But I got Tiger Woods first round over under par 71. And I'm actually going under, Steve. I think he comes out with a fresh leg, a fresh body. And we saw it at the Masters where he came out hot and he played well. And then his body, body starts to fall apart. 
I'm just saying first round over under par 71 under for Tiger. I like a lot of props this week. Um, one of them, there's a prop that you could find on an offshore sports book that I found uh, the other day. Um, guys to find the bunker on the par three seventh, which is the um, which is the one par three that has a bunker in the middle of the green. I believe it's the seventh hole. I could, I could be wrong. It's one of those um, front nine lower lower holes. Um, the over under was just, was was at like six or seven a day. It's like twenty eight total. Uh, I would love to do the over on that just to see if it actually happens. I have no statistics, no rhyme or reason on it. I just think the thing that's a really good play. Um, we struck out this past weekend with hole in one at the sixteenth at the waste management, but plenty of ace opportunities at Riviera. I believe there will in fact be an ace this week. I'm gonna put money on that this week. Yeah, I got one more and. I think it's one that is a little undervalued at plus 400, and that's that winner wins by a playoff this week. I think with this elevated event in this field, I think plus 400 is crazy value for a playoff with how close these guys all play each other in these elevated events. Do we have any, any numbers on the on recent playoffs of this event? No. What Last year, what it was clean, right? I'm trying to remember who it was last year. Yeah, I think it was, last year was clean. Um, Joaquin Neiman, right? What? Joaquin Neiman last year was the winner? I yeah, Rocky one by two. Here we go. Hold on. All right. I'm out of here. So you've got Neiman one by two, Holland in a playoff, Adam Scott one by two, JB Holmes one in 2019 by one, Bubba by two, DJ by five, Bubba by one, James Hahn in a playoff. So two playoffs since 2015. Uh, Bubba Watson's won three times. That's crazy. A lot of live guys winning this tournament. Yeah, right? Like, lots of those guys. Bubba, DJ, Phil's one of your plenty of times in the past. Joaquin. Um, Joaquin Neiman, of course. Is there, is, there, is there anybody else? I mean, I know for a fact that uh, Greg Norman most certainly has not won here that much. No, he has not. And he doesn't have a jacket either, Craig. Good have fun. We have, the, we have the same amount of jackets, Craig. Good fuck him. I have more wins. I have the same <laughs> amount of wins at Augusta National as Greg Norman. Exactly. I also have the same number of uh, of Super Bowl rings as Jalen Hurts. Yeah, retweet wow. to that. We're gonna get shit on for, uh, shit on for that one. We're gonna, we're gonna take our <laughs> final break. Actually, hold on. You know what? I have one more prop. Um, I will talk Tiger Woods props because I think it's worth it. It isn't necessarily a prop. It's more so just, just like a straight bet. Tiger Woods to, to to miss the cup this week. I'm sorry, Tiger. Um. But the second that I read, if he won this week, he would jump from 12,917th in the OWGR to 53rd. I was like, that's a little too much for me. I will take Tiger Woods to miss the cup this week. We'll be right back here on the Get in the Hole podcast where we're going to give you our beer money picks of the week. Just a reminder, everybody, the most effective and direct way to support the Get in the Hole podcast and Underground Sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Getting the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to support 
everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Hole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Hole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in the Hole podcast. I got to say, of all the things that I appreciate about this show, the fact that people are recognizing that we're actually some talented fucking individuals uh, is great. Got word from KB the other day. We are the 88th ranked podcast in golf in America. So thank you to all the listeners. I want to give you guys a shout out for supporting us and keeping us in your ears, whether it be in the bathroom at work when you got to take the five minutes off, when you're on your morning commute or your late night commute or you're working the night shift in the lumber yards, whatever you're doing, thank you for listening to me and Jake blabber about absolute nothing and talk about golf bets. Beer Money Time brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. Kenwood, Philadelphia's number one light beer. The Philadelphia Eagles lost the Super Bowl, but don't worry. You can drown out all your emotionals and sadness with a nice six-pack of Kenny's. Go for, go online to Kenwood, KenwoodBeer.com, find the Kenny Tracker, and find yourself with some Kenny's today. Top 20 pick. We start off here in our Beer Money Picks. Jake, take it away. I think these odds are absolutely ludicrous for a guy whose form is incredible, and that's Taylor Montgomery, top 20, plus 240. Montgomery really bit me in the ass for uh, for this week's fantasy. By the way, congratulations on finally winning your first fantasy event. Woo, let's go, baby. Uh, I had three guys miss the cut, and at that point I was like, I'm totally out of this. So I'm back. I'm back. Congrats to you. Even though John Rahm and Colin put up fucking monster numbers, you uh, – you managed to, to pipe me out of the water on that one. Um, speaking of which, how are my how are my other bets doing? I placed some. Oh my god, no way! I might win fifty four dollars on college hockey bets right now, and I don't know how this one how, how this one bet's going. I I wanted to just double check this right now. Where shout are we at? Quinny, right. Shout out Quinny Piac for their one good sport, which is number, hockey. Number one in the nation, baby. They're playing Yale on Friday. If you want a free bet. Quinnipiac to win in a shutout. Yale has not scored a goal at Quinnipiac in 10 years. Wow. It's an amazing. The, the demons that that college hockey team battles in, in Handon is amazing. All right. And Yale's good, right? Yale's pretty no, good. No, no. As of oh, late, okay. they've been like actually terrible. Well, there's like seven teams in Division One hockey, so you're bound to win a couple. There's like 60. Yeah, that's small in comparison to other sports. Sir, bite me. Uh, top 20 play here. Um, these odds are actually like like incredible, and I don't know how no one no one could not take it. By the way, I saw I'm seeing Montgomery here at plus 260. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, I am at plus 240. You can you can get him him uh, even better. Someone who I really like. Someone actually two guys who I really really love really do like this week. Keegan Bradley plus 225. I think it's a really good bet. Um, but bet. my personal bet that I'm going to play, Tom Kim plus 170. He's going to come out here first time at, at Riviera. Feels like a golf course that he, that, that's winnable for him. He really does come alive uh, in the big moments. So I'll say Tom Kim plus 170 for a top 20. Top 10, what do you got? The boy Tom Kim is back. But 
my top 10, Victor Hovland plus 260. I think this course, as I said on the other side, just an incredible course for Victor. The pro shots is short game. The guy's going to contend. He's been contending. He's been hot. Victor Hovland plus 260, top 10. I've already put this number down as my winner, and it's so sad. He's gonna he's in bet well, he's been bet up so much. Um, Sam Burns top ten plus two eighty. I also have a ticket for him to win plus five thousand, which is like ridiculous wow. because he's currently at plus twenty eight. He's currently at twenty eight to one. Um, but I will take at that plus two eighty number. Sam Burns for top ten. He played really well. Had the best round of the day on Saturday at the Waste Management. These are golf courses that Sam Burns plays really well at. He held the 54-hole lead two years ago until he fell, fell off and finished in third. That was the week he made a name for himself. I think he finally gets a win at a big-time event, gets some hardware, and is going to keep on going. He already won the Dallas Bar, but this is the next step for him to get his way to like major contention territory for Sam Burns. Also, I'll ride with, I'll ride with Sammy B. Bermuda Burns, top five. Here we go. Top five, a guy who... I think he's pretty much always top five on approach shots within 130 yards. And that's Colin Morikawa at plus 400 for top five. He's going to just, this is a course that fits him perfectly, but I, I'm just not convinced his putter is going to be able to show up here, which is why I don't have him winning. But top five, I think is a pretty good bet for Colin Morikawa. A little bit higher up, a little bit higher up on the board, top five. Again, I'm also taking the ticket for a win. Xander Shoffley plus 350. Uh, again, Xander has not had a had a, a an event worse than top twenty in like nine weeks. Uh, he is, in my opinion, the undisputed number four golfer in the world. He should be much higher than what he is already on the official world golf rankings. I love Xander here for top five. Really do think this is a event for him. If Scheffler and Rom can fall off even a tad, I think this is a Xander Shoffley event to win. Has the driver, has the putter, everything everything seems to work for him so far. Gimme pick of the week, who you got and why. So gimme pick here. I, I've been struggling with my gimme picks because I don't want to pick like John Rahm top 20 because that's just not something that's going to have any value. So I'm going with a guy who might be a little bit of up in the air guy, but I think his form is great. He's been playing good golf, and that's Jordan Speed top 20 at plus 150. So I think that's still value, but I think it's a pretty good lock going into this week. I have a ridiculous bet. And like, like when I say ridiculous, I, I mean like so far down the odds board that like I didn't realize the odds board went this low. And it's a All gimme. Right. And it's a gimme. There's a player at this event. Let me actually just double check here that I am right in what I have or what I am about to say. So this golfer, right, grew up in the area. Played a lot of golf in the area. I think he has a really good overall profile, some really good metrics. Uh, he was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year and, and was great. Uh, he finished top 20 at the Farmers. He didn't have a great stretch at, at the Amex or at the Sony. But being now that he is in California, went to USC, played some good golf in his time there, Justin Suh, top 40, plus 500. Wow. There's something about there's something about the about the number one corn fairy tour player in the number one corn fairy tour player in the world last year, the number one amateur golfer in the world last year, 
The number one, the college got for two years ago. Something seems like there's like something fishing in the water. And the fact that he's from California and plays in California and resides in California, everything kind of just, just makes sense here. So, suh, top 40 plus 500 is my, is, is my go-to play. I like that. Who's winning? I don't even – there's not even anything to say about him. I just think he's due to win. He's been playing great. Not a great week last week, but I think he shakes that off, comes out hot this week, and that's Rory McIlroy at plus 1,000 to win. Plus 1,000? Yeah. All right. I, I dig it. Um, I'm between a lot of names, to be honest with you. Um. Hmm. I struggled too. I definitely struggled too to get it down. You know what it is? It's just because the odds are so deep. Like, like the the fact that I can get Adam Scott, a multi-time winner at this golf course, at plus fifty-five hundred, fifty-one is like obscene. Yeah. Um. You know, I hate making this kind of a bet because of all of the elite golfers on the PGA Tour, he's the one guy who like has a three or four week stretch where he just sucks. And then has like has uh, has an elite run, but I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, to uh, take it regardless. Justin Thomas plus sixteen hundred. Yeah, he's such a hard bet, but I love it. it I love it because he's bound to stink one week, but he's also bound to just absolutely dominate. Which is the problem. Like he's so streaky, and yet posted a sixty-seven sixty-five and climbed to do a backdoor fourth place finish this past week in a uh, an elevated event. Uh, he plays his best golf when. When the when the fields are the strongest, he has three top five, top ten finishes in his past five trips. The upside is here. He was a runner up in 2019. I think it makes sense to get him here. I have him at 1600. You can get him at like 18 or possibly even 20, 20 to one uh, at some point. Wow, that's that's that is super value for Dustin Thomas, especially with him. Last week, I saw he on Sunday. I think his purse or winnings, whatever you want to call it, was like 120,000. And he climbed all the way up to like 989,000 in yeah, one day. Nuts. So he, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. I think JT is so good. But again, it's just the, the inconsistency. I just simply cannot like work with him. And it just it, it doesn't work for me. But yeah, I'll take him this week. Uh, with that being said, finally, you, my friend, are in the win column. What is it now? I'm three and one then on the year. You're one and three. Yeah. Yeah. But we're back. We're back, boys. We're, we're back. back. Because you're still in the loser's bracket, I will give you your first crack here at, at, at your wild card pick. We're gonna go with we're gonna go with Masters Champion Hideki Matsuyama. Did did we not take Hideki at some point this year? No, he hasn't been taken yet. Or been... I haven't taken him. I thought I thought so. We can both take him, or only you can take. Like well, only one of us. Only can take one. Him. Once he's taken once, he's off the board forever. I don't think he's been taken, but I can I can shoot provisional as well, just in case. All right, because we'll, provisional we'll in case. That. My provisional is. Let me go, Victor Hovland. I like that. Has not has yet um, to be picked. It, it's as good a time as ever, I guess, to kind of pull the trigger on this and hope it sticks. But um, shit, dude. Do I take Scotty Scheffler? Do I do yeah. that? Like, 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 do I be a total d bag and like? Because the problem is, you got you, you have to take take the best players in the elevated events and the majors. I feel. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. You know what? I will save I will save Scotty for another week. 
I will go with Sam Burns. Bermuda Burns, I haven't You do love him. Sam Burns. I do love Sam Burns. I think this is a good week for him. I think he can really uh, make a dent in things. Final thoughts before we hit the road. I'm going to lock in Victor, actually. Even if Hideki hasn't been picked, I want to lock in Victor. Yeah. I love you, Victor. I think you are absolutely going to be incredible this week, and you're on my team. Other than that, let's go see a good, a great week of golf. Let's see if Tiger can do anything that makes us want to write home about him, but I just don't see it happening. Final thought here this week, uh, there's there's rumblings that the PGA Tour might turn these elevated events into no-cut, shortened field events, uh, and I think it's an absolutely ridiculous play here. I think getting rid of the Monday qualifiers takes away from the opportunity for a lot of guys, and uh, it makes a rich-get-richer, poor-stay-poor kind of situation. I don't really appreciate that from the PGA Tour. I know I know you're trying to compete with Liv, but at the same time, though, it just simply doesn't work out uh, in the way you think. It's really important to give a lot of these guys a chance and to have to have a full field of golf. Who wouldn't? Who was? Who, who in the world is saying less golf, less people? Um, believe me, the the, the the waste management next year in a 72-man field would not be nearly as good as 156 when you have someone like Keith Mitchell putting and everyone goes visor, visor. Like, like, <laughs> he's got a name, but no one knows it. When Brandon Wu is putting and everyone's like black shirt, black shirt. Like yeah, no one knows who you are, but you're giving That's them a, you're giving the competition. You're making it fun. So uh, to the PGA Tour, do not get rid of the shortened field events, please. Like do not let it happen. Keep the big field. Keep the money. Make it fun. Don't try and make elevated events more important than the majors. So that being said, we're gonna we're gonna get 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 on going here. Jake, great show as always. Thank you for coming on once again. We had a we had a blast. I'm going to you speak. <laughs> usually, usually you cut it. I was waiting for you to cut it. All right. Well, I don't then, have I don't have the good excess like you do. Like you, you always hit me good, and then you, you know, just go bang. Honestly, I've been so out of it today, so it's not. It wasn't really a, a great outro by me. But you know what? Let's let's uh let's do this again. Thank you all for joining us here on the Get in the Hole podcast. Jake Dipple, and Steve McAvoy here once again, once again for you every week on the PGA Tour. We'll come back to you next week. With whatever event is going on on the calendar, I don't even know what it is. I'm not going to try to try to say it. One week, I, I say it every week. I, I will figure out the week it is. Shout out to Ronald Reagan in the back of your uh, background, and to everybody out there watching the Washington Genesis. Have fun, and let's go, Tiger! Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at getting the whole pod and follow underground sports, Philadelphia at underground PHI. We'll see you next time. And remember, get in the hole!